Hello, this is David Snyder, President of Baptist International Missions Incorporated, welcoming you to today's broadcast of Moments for Missions under the direction of our Vice President, Dr. J.B. Godfrey. Well, I have an exciting story today. I, I like to think they're all exciting, but not as equally so. So this story is given by Rita Vernoy. And this is the wife of Clinton Vernoy, and they've worked for many years of their lives down in South America. In the first long time, they were in the jungle in Venezuela. And the title of this story she gives is Blood, Sweat, and Tears. And Rita says, if anyone asks me for my opinion like I'd wait to be asked on what it takes to be a career missionary, I would answer blood, sweat, and tears. It takes years to learn a language and a culture well. A language is picked up long before the culture is truly understood. And in most cases, the missionary can attend a language school to learn a rudimentary knowledge of a language but there's no classroom to learn culture. When learning a tribal language, one must become childlike and follow people around and try to imitate sounds without a clue as to what they mean. Eventually, one will begin to hear the different individual sounds and can transcribe. Well, that's a whole other story. It's much more time-consuming, and the culture, of course, is totally alien to the Western mind. To learn a culture is an important task for the missionary, and it takes time and, as I said, blood, sweat, and tears. Blood? Yes. The cultural way of dealing with death has to be learned. One has to find out their way of mourning and caring for the dead. This can be very different in each culture. I remember the first time I was invited to a funeral in the Sanima tribe. I walked to the village found a spot around the huge fire being built. The women were screaming and crying and slapping themselves in despair. I saw them bring out the body wrapped in a hammock, and I saw them place the body on the pier. There's no smell quite like the smell of human flesh being consumed by fire. Now, at this point, the witch doctor began to whip it up. I saw the women even become more excited. This dancing and crying went on all day, all night, until at last the fire was allowed to die. The ritual was not over even after that. Now comes the most important part, the most vital thing one must do for their dead loved ones, and that's the drinking of the bones. The women scraped through all the cinders, sifting through their fingers every last little bit, they're careful to catch each piece of bone that's still left, and these bits of bone are ground to fine powder with a primitive mortar and pestle. Once it's prepared, it's stirred into a banana drink. All the immediate family members of the deceased come forward, begin to drink the bones. The gourd solemnly passes around from one to another. Even the tiniest baby must swallow some as well. Now they can relax and rest in peace. Their departed loved one will now be okay. By drinking the bones, they have guaranteed their family members will live on in them. The deceased will have eternal life by being part of the living. The cycle continues when those still living die, and they will be consumed along with their ancestors by the next generation. Now, you might be wondering, why is it important to know this? It might explain to the missionary the father who refused to allow the sick child to fly out of town for medical treatment is not being a monster. 
No, he loves his child too much to risk his dying out among the Criolas and being buried. Well, I'll have to come back and continue on with this story tomorrow, so don't miss it. You've been listening to Moments for Missions. For further information, please write to BIMI, P.O. Box 9, Harrison, Tennessee, 37341, or call us at 423-344-5050. Or you can visit us online at www.bimi.org. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.